Shalom. We recently did an interview concerning the changing world that we live in and the new role that the Federal Bureau of Investigation leads as far as dealing with terrorism, specifically perhaps some of the new terrorist groups that have appeared on the shores of America as a result of 9-11. It's a fascinating interview, and I asked Ms. Mary Galligan to return to our show again to give us a little bit more of an insight specifically on the events of 9-11 and the follow-up and the Federal Bureau of Investigation's role in that terrible day and chapter in American history. And I think it will provide for us a very interesting insight into a little bit of the mechanism and the makings of our government and how we are so well prepared to be able to deal with some of the terrible tragedies that have beset and hopefully, God willing, we will never have to face again, but we always have to be prepared for it. In any case, I want to again thank Ms. Mary Galligan, who is the director of the, uh, the investigation into the 9-11 event for the FBI. It's a pleasure and an honor to have her with us today. Thank you, Rabbi. It's a pleasure to be here. All right. Well, let's get right down to it. I want to, I want to know some of the, the answer to these questions, and I'm very curious. We all saw and, and heard and read about so many of the events from 9-11. We've heard commentaries galore. We've heard all types of things. But to really get an inside view, as you can offer us, as to really what happened 9-11 from the legal perspective, from the governmental perspective, from the, the law enforcement perspective, Let's, let's dive into this, if it's okay with you, and sure. just kind of find out a little bit. First of all, who are the players in this, in this investigation? You're the head of the investigation. You have the JTTF, which I understand is the Joint Terrorist... Joint Terrorism Task Force. Ter Joint, Terrorist, ter Joint Terrorism Task Force. Right. And who are all the players in this, and what do they do? How do they all contribute, and how were they prepared to be able to deal as a group for something like 9-11? Well, the Joint Terrorism Task Force is been in existence for 20 years. It's the NYPD FBI Joint Terrorism Task Force, housed in the so FBI. So specifically a New York organization? No, there's a a, the FBI has joint, joint terrorism task forces around the country. We're going to talk about the one here in New York okay, that responded to 9-11. Right. The FBI's task force um, has, like I said, been in existence for 20 years. And because on the task force on a day-to-day -day basis, we have the New York City Police Department, the State Police, the Secret Service, the U.S. Marshals the Postal Police, the INS, the IRS, Nassau County, Suffolk County Police Department. We work on a day-to-day -day basis with these people, building liaisons, building communication. So when, as we call it, the mass murder happens on 9-11, occurs, we can respond. The um, Joint Terrorism Task Force works very, very closely with the Southern District of New York, the prosecutive arm of the Department of Justice and of the U.S. government. And we've worked with them prosecuting the cases of the, uh, Af the uh, embassy bombings in Africa, the First World Trade Center case, the Blind Shake case. I think so your office was in charge of these foreign cases? Right. Well, if you think about it, those cases, for example, the um, bombings of the American embassies, right. the trial was held here in New York right. just last spring. You're right, but why would that be? Why specifically Because New York? of the, they killed Americans. And the, the, oh, it's a very good question, Rabbi. Why New York? The Southern District of New York, several years ago, indicted bin Laden in four terrorist acts. And because the indictment was out of the Southern District uh -huh. of New York, the trial comes to the Southern District of New York. Interesting. So why was that indictment made in New York as opposed to any place else in the States? A great deal is because of the JTTF and the aggressive work that they had done and the investigation they had done. No, but my question is, was there a connection between bin Laden and New York before this? Well, what had happened was a group was working on a, um, a mosque in Brooklyn that was 
looking at the fundraising. How did this money come to be? How, where was it coming from? And they split up the different people of the mosque of investigating them. And one of the people being investigated, and this is a simple explanation, was a man named Osama bin Laden. Nobody knew who he was. But he was financing and sending money uh -huh. into this mosque. Interesting. So his name was already connected locally. Correct. And what happened is that agent, um, who's a incredible agent, very knowledgeable in Al-Qaeda, started to build a case on bin Laden. And as you built this case, the Southern District of New York with the FBI and the NYPD indicted bin Laden. Mm -hmm. And the indictment was sealed. And then after the, Ameri the American embassies in Africa were bombed, the indictment was unsealed, public knowledge, and the, the trials were brought here. Um, but when you think about it before that, the World Trade Center 93 obviously happened here. So you already had a whole dossier on bin Laden from long ago. Certainly. The FBI and the, the intelligence community had a dossier on bin Laden and okay. his people for a long time. Okay, fine. So 9-11 happens. Right. You've done, I suppose, a lot of training, a lot of preparation, sure. a lot of you know, all types of scenarios. Right. Uh, I don't think anybody could have probably thought of this type of scenario, but I'm sure in terms of what, you, what would, legally you would classify as being a, a mass murder, there are all types of scenarios that you could prepare for. Right. So now everybody goes into action. Correct. What happens? Well, the best thing is we live in the greatest city in the world where the New York City Police Department and Fire Department know what to do. Um, under the city's Office of Emergency Management, they know what to do. They're going to get the city running, put out the fires. The FBI is going to go, as we did, um, up the block because our building was shut down. We lost all the phone and communications to our building. We went up to a garage, and we set up a command center to investigate what happened. Okay. Um, and that was done within several hours. Um, our first command center was on a street corner um, on West, West Street, where the heads of the FBI in New York and the head of the New York City Police Department got together and, okay, our command center is going to be here. We know how to set it up, who should be there. And at the same time, the FBI's strategic command center in Washington, D.C., is set up. Again, okay. it's there all the time. It's a bunker, it's a room, and it's set up for any type of emergency where the director of the FBI says, I want the command center That's anywhere set in the country or anywhere in the world? Anywhere in the, in the world. When the USS really? Cole was bombed, the FBI's command center in Washington, D.C. was set up. And it becomes a number of things. It's the lifeline. So the FBI works abroad, because I thought it was the CIA, basically, that would work abroad. But you go anywhere in the world in order to be able to prosecute a case. Correct. The CIA so does work abroad, but the FBI right, is doing the right, investigation prosecution okay. type. Gotcha. We work All together right. to gather, gather the intelligence. Fine. Okay. So you set up your command post because yours was destroyed. And next step? The next step is that we start to break down the investigation. We break it down into... The public are going to call in with information. We call that leads. We right. break it into lead section. We had over 22,000 of them. Then we break it into, we take the agents who are experts on the different terrorist group, and they start looking at the case right away from the first day, because we have to prove who did it. You right. can't just say, I think, or I guess. And you had to go into this with a completely open mind also. Correct. Not knowing anything, because, of course, if there were many assumptions made after Oklahoma City, it exactly. proved to be wrong. Exactly. Okay. I was just going to say that. So you go into it with an open mind. The FBI is and shall always be objective. And you go into it, and you have different agents look at it from different perspectives. Um, this case was within a matter of days. could be proven to go back to the al-Qaeda organization to the point where the director of the FBI, the attorney general, flew to New York, was given presentations on those connections. Um, and at the same time, 
we had to deal with the loss of an F the life of an FBI agent in the World Trade Center. Really? Yes, it was a tragedy. He was a bomb technician assigned to the Joint Bank Robbery Task Force, Lenny Hatton, a great agent, good man, wife and four children. He was killed. What a shame. Yeah, he responded. He was, oh, he was responding. He, he responded. He was in the lobby. Um, he's a bomb tech. That's what he's supposed to do. And um, he was in the lobby with the firemen and with the response team. And when the lobby came down, we lost him. So a lot of different things were going on, as you can so imagine. A lot of emotions and... Certainly. Sure. It must have been sure. very difficult. Right. Plus the agents who witnessed what they saw, you know, the, the, um, the horrible things they saw down at the, at the scene. Um, and then having to deal with having family members at home worrying about if they're still alive. Sure. And, sure, and nobody knew at that point that there right. were going to be other attacks. Right. Small children not wanting the parents yeah. to go back to work. Mm -hmm. so, so those things went on. But the FBI's main goal is to investigate what happened, but most importantly, to prevent anything that would happen would happen in the future. So we started to investigate um, any lead that came in. Anything the public told us about, we went out and did. Mm -hmm. Any case we already had, we reviewed. Um, anything you could imagine, working with other agencies, looking at information. Now, on a national scale, what was going on in terms of the, the coordinated efforts of many different national organizations and agencies in order to be able to pull this investigation through? Well, I wasn't in Washington on 9-11. I wasn't there until October 9th. But I know how the FBI's um, Strategic Command Center works. And in that command center is every agency. They actually have a place to sit. They know where they're supposed to go. And they can coordinate things right there. It could be from the FAA to the CIA to the Secret Service. You have the director of the FBI in there. Um, the president came over. Um, and then the different command centers are talking to each other in Washington. Mm -hmm. The president had his command center. Um, and they're sharing the information. First, it was on what was happening, truly happening, what, what attacks were occurring, not the rumors. Mm -hmm. And then it was about who was responsible. Um, or I should say, then it was about what's the next thing that's going to happen, because we all thought that. And then it was who was responsible. Did you have any indication there might be other things being, uh, that were being planned against America? We didn't have any specific indication or anything. I mean, we, we know that they, um, the Al-Qaeda group has often said that they want to attack American interests, whether here or over, overseas. And then when you see the World Trade Center come down, the Pentagon hit, I think it was everybody's assumption that something else was going to happen. Have you ever tried to put yourself into the mind of a suicide bomber or, or into the, the mind of the 19 people who were in those planes at the time? I think the initial answer would be that, no, of course not. But you know what? After it happened, and we have, um, I have a team of incredibly brilliant and creative agents working on this case, sure, you, you sometimes sit there and you think, like, what kind of person does this, or how did, they, how did they get on the plane and do something like that, or how do people, as we're seeing in the news, strap explosives on themselves? And, and um, right. So what drives a person like this? I'm sure you probably do your own investigation and try to get into the depths of it, because that will help in your, your future ability to defend our country. Um, the FBI Can has... Can you profile somebody like this, or is it just not possible? Interesting question. A lot of people ask us that. And the FBI is very well known for their, what the public likes to call, psychological profiles. Mm -hmm. They are no, well known for doing it with serial killers, serial rapists, child molesters. But when you look at how they did that, they gathered research. They went to prisons and they interviewed serial killers, serial rapists, asked everything about them. Um, it's very difficult to interview a suicide bomber because... Um, <laughs> There's nobody left. There's nobody left. And we've been very fortunate in the United States that we haven't seen that 
until September 11th, and we saw it by using weapons of mass destruction, as we call it, using aircraft. Um, so it's a it's a field where we are we haven't we've gathered information of how to interview certain people. Um, we've studied the politics, we've studied the region, and everybody now wants to be an armchair, you know, profiler of what kind of person does this. And um, the thing is, you need a lot of research. You need mm-hmm. um, a lot of information. I and it's nobody to interview. Nobody to interview. So, um, but as far as religious conviction being a driving force for this to take place, that could be anybody from a failure who has nothing to do with their life except to give it up right. to somebody who's very successful who just has strong religious convictions and feels that this is their purpose in life. Correct. So it really is almost impossible to be able to give that type of profile. That's correct. Right, because you're not going to... If, if we could... De- depict an individual, you know, we would all be a safer world. As you just said, we've, we're looking at what's happening in the Middle East. Now you're seeing women as suicide bombers. So um, would anybody have ever um, predicted that several weeks ago? I, I'm, I'm taking a big risk by asking this. Okay, I, well, I if wanna, I can't answer it, I'll say okay, so. Okay, fine, please do. But um, let's say, God forbid, and I say God forbid a million times over, if there would be other similar type of suicide bombers coming here to America. What would we do? How do we handle that? How would our government handle it, react? What would their strategy be? Can you give us any insight into that? Well, I, I think it's a question where, you know, it'd be simply my opinion, but I, I know the FBI and I know how our government, whether it's the FBI, CIA, our military, we have consistently responded, reacted, changed what we needed to do in order to, to respond to an event like we did on 9-11. Right. I mean, what did we do after 9-11? We arrested a large number of people for INS violations. Um, so what exactly would we do? I don't know, but um, it may sound corny, but I'm very confident in our government that we would do something. Um, and it's our public who we would count on as far as picking out something suspicious or um, as the heroes on Flight 93 or the heroes on the American Airlines flight where Richard Reed was arrested. I mean, the public had been educated right. and was looking for things. Mm-hmm. So, And that public involvement and awareness is, is crucial, I suppose, Absolutely. in this war. But it's, uh, I think it's, it's so <coughs> overwhelming for us even to, to imagine what is going on in Israel right. on a regular basis right. as far as being able to, to bear not only the pain and the suffering, but also just the, the reality of knowing that you're dealing with this type of terrorism. And the, the psychology of terrorism is something which is, is fascinating to us, just regular Americans, just to try to understand what's going on in the mind of these people. I'm, I'm sure for a person like you who makes a profession out of defending our country, it's not just a matter of fascination. It's really a very serious search to really try to get to the depths of it because this is a, uh, a true threat to all of civilization, really. Sure. Absolutely. But then, and there's... Sorry, there's many different definitions of terrorism. I mean, that's one of the most interesting things right off the bat. If you ask someone what terrorism is, maybe this time last year they would have said when a student goes into a school and, and kills 23 people, that's right. a terrorist incident. Right. Now they'll say when people fly planes into a building and 3,000 people are killed. So the word terrorism itself, we in the FBI, we work by the definitions of the federal statute. What does Title 18 say terrorism is? But the word terrorism now is such a part of our language. Right. What is terrorism? What is a terrorist act? Who is a terrorist? You, know, you start does, with those. Does a terrorist have to be connected to a government, or can a terrorist just have their own personal political agenda that they want to somehow bring about, and out of anger, out of political or religious conviction, does a, a terrorist act? 
as far as the FBI's definitions, yes. a domestic terrorist act or de domestic terrorist individual could be an individual who is trying to, the definition is trying to coerce the government or a part of the population based on either political or social beliefs. That's how we define it. So in the situation you just said, yes, that could be a terrorist. Um, it could also be, if they're not trying to change the government or change a part of the population, um, if they're just angry at someone but they choose to, you know, God forbid, use a bomb, that would not be a terrorist by the FBI's mm -hmm. definition. Interesting. Now let's get back to 9-11. I sure. want to ask you about the investigation as we go on. You said within a few days you had conclusive evidence that this was an al-Qaeda operation. I know that in the Arab world that's been a very difficult thing for many to accept, especially considering that some of the people were children of uh, prestigious lawyers in, in Egypt and many of them came from Saudi Arabia. They weren't in any way your classic young terrorist who was looking who had no, no purpose for life or nothing to live for. Has there been any effort on the part of the United States government or the FBI for that matter to try to educate the Arab world as to why the government is so convinced that this was an Arab plot? Not, not an Arab plot, I mean a, an Al-Qaeda plot. Right, Al-Qaeda plot is, um, I don't know if there's any effort on the part of the FBI, that wouldn't be our main function. Um, I should say I don't know if there's any effort on part of the U.S. government to educate the Arab world. Um, the FBI, that wouldn't be our function. The reason why we say it's Al-Qaeda connected is there's an indictment that charges Zacharias Massawi, and the indictment is public, and it says there it's part of an Al-Qaeda conspiracy. I've read recently, just as a citizen, that there's efforts by the First Lady and other people to try to educate Arabs about America. But as far as um, defending that it is Al-Qaeda, that wouldn't be the FBI's role. That would be State Department, the President's role. Um, our role is simply to gather no, the facts. I can understand right. that. Okay, but it just seems to me that it would be such a an important thing to do because as long as there's that room for denial, <coughs> then it doesn't really sink in perhaps as far as for, the, for the, those people who are somewhat sympathizers with Al-Qaeda, without accepting the fact that this was an Al-Qaeda operation, it almost continues to give room for justifying Al-Qaeda and other activities that they might have because if you don't realize that the two are, are related, then you can always rationalize and say that other things Al-Qaeda does might be perfectly okay. Well, I also think there comes a part of human nature where there's some people, no matter what you do, you can right, show them the world is round, right, but it's not going to make conditions. We have a videotape of bin Laden himself, you know, no matter, and then people will tell you that, oh, well, the Americans right, must have died. So when trying very hard to stay away from mm -hmm. conspiracy theories, so I'm sure the State Department and the President, I mean, he's done incredible sure. speeches oh, that have been carried God around the world. Uh, yep. He's he showed a tremendous right. strength as far as helping lead this country yep. towards understanding the threat of terrorism, doing everything possible to fight it. He and has. We, we wish him God's blessing to be able to continue to do it with uh, the strength. Yes. He's so, so that would be, I mean, the, I think the best that we can do. And as we've just said, there's some people, no matter what we say, are still going to believe what they want right. to believe. Okay, so you came to a conclusion after three or four days as to... Well, several days, I don't okay, know. Okay, whatever it was. And now, what, does, what are your next steps? How do all these organizations work together, and specifically the FBI in your office? How does this investigation continue? Well, what they continue to do is, as I said, run down the leads, work right. investigations. This um, is months of following up on leads, basically. Months of following up on leads. And then we have what we call the investigation now involving the Zacharias Massawi preparing for a trial. Um, we can, you know, he's been indicted, collecting that evidence. But, you know, Mayor, I just want to ask you a question. It seems sure. to me that, I mean, this one individual, the 20th hijacker, as he's called, 
can't be just the only result of thousands, if not millions of hours of FBI work just to find Mr. 20. I mean, the 19 that were there, there was no problem finding them because we knew who bought tickets and who right. was in charge of this. So what else is this investigation uncovering that's, that's already part of the public record in terms of being able to understand more about kid operation, understand more of what's going on here in the States, who's connected to or loosely connected to Al-Qaeda, or, or perhaps as there were rumors in the very beginning that these 19 or 20 were really only part of maybe a group of 50 that had a large budget. And uh, again, these are rumors, and I don't know if right. true or not true. I'm not asking you to reveal anything that you can't reveal, but can you give us a little bit of an insight into the, the, the bigger picture as far as what's being investigated here? I can't imagine that the whole thing is just to get him in jail. The, the difficult part about the question, Rabbi, is there's a great deal that we I can't comment on because the investigation is ongoing. But you're a smart man, and as you just said, it can't be all about him. We're investigating anything that should be investigated, could be investigated. There are, as you said, many rumors and theories out there that we've heard you know, all of them, that there was a larger group of people behind them. Then you have the theory of, uh, that people say, well, this was a relatively simple operation. Um, people came here in 1920, people came here, took flight lessons, got on a plane, and, mm -hmm. and committed suicide missions. So there's different theories out there, and all of them are being investigated to the, the possible degree that they can be. All right. Nope. Give me the right answer. Okay. I hope so. <laughs> okay. I, hope, I hope the director thinks I gave you the right answer. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> I, I just want a personal note. I want sure. to ask you, um, which you talked about a little bit on the first show you were on, but uh, I think it's, first of all, it's really wonderful that you chose this way, this, this type of work, and chose to have a life really dedicated to protecting this government and protecting such a, a wonderful image of the FBI. I, I suppose it's the type of work you get a lot of personal fulfillment from as well. I do. I do. And it's, uh, it's an honor for us, really, to have an FBI agent on the show. It's not very often that we get to meet an FBI agent. Well, thank you. Thank you. We, as a matter of it's funny you say that, we teach our new agents in the academy. Um, there's a group going through right now that there's 200 million people in the United States, 10,000 FBI agents. You're probably the only one someone will ever meet, so treat it with the respect it deserves. And, and uh, the people that I see work around me do. Right. They now, work very hard. We have an FBI office here in Long Island as well. Yes. Is there any time, let's say, that our public should know about situations where they should call the FBI and they should take advantage of your services? What type of situations would call for getting directly involved with the FBI? Well, any time they, they see... Besides terrorism. Right. Well, besides terrorism, there are certain um, crimes that the FBI investigates. That's why we're called special agents. There's right. only 242 some odd laws we can investigate. Right. Where the really? police department, yep, that's can investigate... Uh, could be, that's because of executive rule? Because Congress says we can. Okay, so you're specifically connected to the executive branch of the government, branch of the government which right. means that you're, I mean, how does that limit you? Well, we're part of the executive branch of government, the FBI, but the legislative branch of the government uh, passes the laws that we can investigate. Okay. For example, they'll pass the federal carjacking law. Okay, the FBI is going to investigate that the bank robbery statute many, many years ago. The FBI is going to... So unless they say this is the FBI's responsibility, we're the lead agency on terrorism, then we can't investigate it. The local police departments, however, can investigate probably over right. 10,000 laws. So what the best thing is to tell the public is if something is happening immediately or right away, they report it to the local police department. Right, which everybody knows. Right. And the Suffolk County and Nassau County Police Department are very, very good about what should be reported to the FBI. And okay. we'll even tell the citizens that 
you need to bring this to the FBI. Right. So it's rare, in other words, that a person should go directly to the FBI. They should go through the local police and then go right. directly. And any time they they, they, right. if they call the FBI and it's not a federal offense, you know, you said right. other than terrorism, it's not a federal offense, it hasn't crossed state lines, it's not something that we investigate, then the FBI will tell them who they should call. Okay, but let's say if a person has suspicion that somebody's got a bomb factory in the house, they shouldn't call you. They should call the police. Well, they should. They should definitely call it. Call everybody. Right. Call everybody. Because I'm sorry, Robert, I thought you said if it didn't have to do with terrorism. Yeah. yeah that, if it has to do with right. terrorism, right? The FB. They should call the FBI. They should call That's you the type of information we get all okay. the day long, okay, and we great. will. Now, just one last thing. Also, tell us with the Patriots Act. Mm -hmm. How did that change your work? Did it make it easier for you to be able to effectively investigate cases? Well, the Patriot Act, as as you mentioned, is designed to make our jobs easier. Um, a lot of the of the Patriot Act is designed towards um, how to gather information, um, working with prosecutors, um, what you now need and don't need in order to get certain information. One of the parts is about um, listening to. Um, incarcerated terrorists conversations with their attorneys um, again that would need attorney general permission so it is designed to gather information easier for mm -hmm. us and we're working with the Department of Justice on that all the Does time. Does it be more uh, more of a, a way to get into computer programs or into uh, private chat rooms or other way, means of communication in computers? It can make it easier if certain requirements mm -hmm. are met. Okay very interesting. Have you personally found it easier? The Patriot Act. Um, in your investigation? It, well, it's, it has affected 9 11, yes, and has made it easier for us to do what we need to do. Okay. I'm glad to hear that. Yes. Good step in the right direction. All right. Was this something that FBI had been working towards for a long time? Well, been the very Patriot frustrated? Act was, um, I don't know that part, but the Patriot Act, remember, was. was the, the president presented it to Congress. It was passed very quickly. Right. There are things that have been discussed, you know, between agencies for a long time and yeah. trying to... Just, it was a, the right time and the right place to right. be able to get it through. Right. All right. Very interesting. Any message you'd like to give to our audience? Other than, I mean, on a personal level, one of the few things that we never get to say as FBI agents is say thank you to people. When we were working up in the FBI's command center on the west side um, of Manhattan and we'd be going down to ground zero all hours of the day, all hours of the night, to go down and do work that nobody should have to do, along with our uh, NYPD and fire department colleagues, people would line up on the West Side Highway and just hold up signs and say thank you or cheer. Really? And you never get yeah, a chance, so it really did, to say thank you. Yeah. you know, thank you for giving us information. Thank you for supporting, um, for their support. You know, we well, get, you know, anybody can be criticized. Well, listen, I'm sure you can understand that uh, on our part, as citizens of this country, our thank you is very sincere and very deep, appreciate and that. we appreciate everything that you're doing, and God should give you strength and health and thank you. everything you need in order to be able to continue it. Thank you, Rabbi. So we wish you all the best. Thank you. And thank you for being on the show. You're welcome. In the meantime, I just want to wrap up by saying that we have a lot to be proud of, and we have also a lot to be prepared for. God willing, as I mentioned, we should never have to experience any more terrorist acts on these shores, and nothing like what is going on in the Middle East for sure. However, thank God we have people like Mary and others in our government who are prepared to be able to handle it. Let's all do something extra to make this world a better place, to fight evil with goodness and do a mitzvah, do some good deed to make the world the kind we want for our children. Shalom.